Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And I am bringing you today a missing persons case that is not that long ago. It was 2017 and it was a listener pick. They requested this just to try to help bring some more awareness, um, hopefully get some answers here. It's kind of an unusual missing person case because our victim is 70 years old. But it's not like a wandering off dementia or or Alzheimer's type of missing oh. person. Yeah, there's a lot to it. So I just jumped right in with both feet, by the way. How the hell are you, Amber? You doing okay today? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Man. I'm good. Yeah, happy Sorry, I was just like, Friday. hi, crime curious. Here's the case. You but- know, thank you for stopping to ask me how I'm, I'm doing. Absolutely. We've only been hanging out for the last... Two hours, and you at haven't this point once in time, asked. So. You're right. You're right. I'm the dick. That's so true. <laughs> I appreciate you. You know, finally getting of around. Me. Yes, yes, I I understand. Anyway, this is the missing person case of Michael Chambers. Okay. Um, as I said a minute ago, he was 70 years old when he disappeared from a Walmart store. In Quinlan, Texas. Oh, wow. I know. Please don't let Walmart be the last place I'm seen. Everyone deserves better than that. So he is missing from Quinlan, Texas on March 10th. Oh, God. My bad. My koozie vest (laughs) in the microphone. Amber's drink is currently wearing a vest. It is. I do have a vest. As a koozie. I'm a a bull in a china shop. Forgive me. And it just rubbed. Real hard yeah, against the it microphone. Totally grazed my microphone. <sighs> Shit. There's nothing graceful about me. No, and I love it. That's one of the things I love about you, actually. I always know where you are. I had to give up my ballerina career because I just, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't meant for me. It was not. So March 10th, 2017 was the last time that Michael Chambers was seen. And he was seen on the Walmart um, security cameras. They spotted him exiting the store. And after that, when he was out of the camera shot, he had not been seen or heard from since then. So it has been five years. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Michael. He was a retired Dallas firefighter. He lived in the 700th block of FM 2101, which must be how they name their roads. Sounds like a radio station. It does. A little different than how we do our things up here in the in old Michigan. Yeah. But... Um, I just want to say, if you Google him, you guys, there is this really awesome drawing of him as a firefighter. And I don't know if this happened after he went missing or before, but it is badass. And legitimately, Michael Chambers looks like an amazing, just all-American hero type guy. Okay. I like that. I I loved the, I like that. the photo of him in his um, uh, firefighter uniform, but... So Michael was a single dad of two before he married his second wife, Rebecca Chambers, in 1980. Now, his his marriage with Rebecca, she was known as Becca by many, by all accounts, really seemed very happy. And they even adopted two boys. 
So they had four children altogether. In 2008, Michael retired from his job at the Dallas Fire Rescue and began living a quiet life with his family. He was adored and loved and respected in his community by everyone. Anyone who knew him knew him as being like very down to earth, a really happy-go-lucky type of guy. And in his retirement, he was actually restoring classic cars in his workshop. And he loved to make people laugh and smile. He sounds amazing. I know. Like, I want him to be my grandpa. Why is it always the amazing ones? Gosh, he'd probably be like my dad at this point. I forgot how old I am. He could be your grandpa. He's 70. At the time he went missing, he was 70. So yeah, he could. Yeah, he'd be 75 today. He could definitely be your grandpa. You're not that fucking old. Jesus. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I love our friendship where I'm just like, bitch, you're not that fucking old. mostly because we're born in the same year so i'm like stop it like back off stop lumping me in with this we still have a lot of life we do there are still good years on this ass now you stop it (laughs) it's not sagging too much yet it's what the squats are for (laughs) exactly so i want to take you i think that it would make the most sense if i just like gave you a timeline of event while i'm telling you the story okay because this is it's there's a lot of suspicion here. So um, on Friday, March 10th, 2017, at 8 a.m., we know that his that Michael's wife, Becca, spoke with him on the phone. That has been established through phone records, okay? So that's at 8 a.m. At 11.15 a.m., surveillance shows Michael, which his family knew him as Papa. Oh, and in so many articles, he's referred to as Papa. And on the on different, a a lot of news coverage has covered this between, um, like twenty twenty and um, I think a Dateline on this. I put it at the end, so forgive me, but there have been several news snippets and everything. My heart, and he is referred to as Papa. Um, so eleven fifteen a.m. Papa was at Walmart. At 3 p.m., neighbors arrived home and did not notice anything out of the ordinary, but they also didn't see Michael, okay? The rest of the afternoon, they were outside doing yard work. So they know we've got 11.15 a.m., he was exiting that Walmart store, and then at 3 p.m., there's no foul play, nothing weird out of the ordinary, and the neighbors are outside for the rest of the afternoon. So... Because of this, investigators believed that whatever happened, happened to him between 12 and 3 p.m. Okay. That's kind of their their timeline on March 10th. Here is Becca's, his wife Becca's timeline of events, okay? At 6.15, she arrives home, and she notices that she returns home from work, and she notices that he's gone, okay? She confirms at 8 a.m. she did talk to him. Obviously, there's no disputing the 11.15. He's leaving Walmart. She arrives home at 6.15. At 6.55, the Hunt County Sheriff's Office receives a missing persons call. So in less than an hour, she's reporting him missing. That's odd. She had, we will get into it in a, in a minute, but she had actually called in a neighbor who worked, was a retired police officer. And he came over and they 
he noticed right away that there were like drops of blood in Michael's workshop and around the outside of the home. Okay. Wow. Yes. To the side of the workshop, there was like, or at the side of the workshop, and these photos are available online um, as well, where you can like actually see the blood. It was in some of the, the sources, they call it drops of blood. But I'm here to tell you, Amber, if I walked into like your house and I saw this blood amount of blood and then the trail that it's dropping on the way out, it's more than drops to me. Okay. It's concerning. Okay. There is a concerning amount of blood. Okay. Did, like, what was the explanation for this? Well, or did they we don't know. We only have theories, really. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. So this is all that they're, they're discovering this blood. So did she call this police officer person, mm-hmm. like, saying, hey, he's missing? Mm-hmm. Saying, yes, I can't find him. And there's, and the, that guy, to my understanding, that guy found the blood in the workshop. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, on this at the side of the workshop, there was a large dowel rod on the ground with a bu- bloody palm print on it. Okay, this is already sounding like so right suspicious. Right, like I said, this is not a Alzheimer's situation, no. dementia situation where that he wandered, just wandered off. off. Or yep. Nope, and he was in excellent health. He was very physically fit. There is no indication of any mental deterioration whatsoever. So no. So a fur a a search, a search Friday night <laughs> included which we will now refer to as, as a search. Yep. So they searched the area with a trained canine team and a helicopter, heat seeking technology, everything. I mean, they went. This is one of their own community members. Yeah. Not only that, but a community member that had was retired from a very heroic job where he has yeah. saved lives and he's papa and he's papa to everyone who knew him so yeah they're they're pulling out all the stops to try to find him and eventually though after the heat seeking technology comes up with no signs of him the search was called off because they were looking for a, an alive person okay march 12th 2017 the hunt county sheriff's department realizes that this is beyond their scope and they reach out to the Texas Rangers and the FBI for assistance. Good on them. And yeah, for t- sure. It only took two days for them to be like, okay, wait, we we've exhausted help. our yes. resources. We need help. I agree. Good for them. On March 13th, there was a press conference held. So they're trying to get the word out there. They learn, we know from the press conference that Michael's wallet and truck were at home. His cell phone, his ID, and some cash were missing. But his wallet and truck are there. So that's odd. Like the, That is so odd. Yep. So he leaves, like how does he leave his wallet and his truck, but he takes his cell phone ID and cash. When he spoke to Becca on the morning of his disappearance, she requested that he purchase her some mascara. Okay. This was one of the items that was bought at Walmart. Okay, I'm concerned you don't send 
your a man to get your mascara. It's funny that you say that because I had the same thought of like I would <laughs> never. I, Matt I hate is that not, that's what I first. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, no man is getting is picking no. out my mascara. They will not get the right kind. No. First of all, my mascara is called Better Than Sex. If I asked Matt to go into a store and get mascara called Better Than Sex, he would have some questions. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, another favorite of mine is Perversion. So again, he'd have questions he's, about. He's going to be bringing home some other things for sure. <laughs> he would go to the wrong store. That's for yes, sure. For sure. But no, I was. I just had to. That's where my mind yep. went. I'm like, no, wait a sec. Problem one, right, right here. Right. <laughs> Suspicion number one. Why are you making him pick out your mascara? Yes. Mm-hmm. They were able to see on the camera that he did pick up her the mascara. Oh, we don't know if it was, if it the, was right the right kind one. or not, but he picked up mascara. There have been some other items, but since this is an unsolved case, there are other items, but they haven't been released to the public. <laughs> I did see though in some forums where people were like, "Oh, he was picking up rollates like antacids," <laughs> which would make sense. Sure. Mascara and antacids. Absolutely. Perfect combo. Any given date, that's my grocery list too. (laughs) There is some analysis that was kind of done on the blood splatter. I just want to show you, I have the picture up here and I realize we're an audio platform, but I just want you to see, can you see this blood? That is what he found? Yeah. That was in his workshop. Oh my God. Right. Right. Yeah. That's why I wanted to show you because- it really hones it. Your reaction is exactly what I expected. And nobody... Yeah, that's not just like, oh, he injured, he got a little cut, and he needed to go tend to his wound. Blood like this drops is, is very minimizing. For sure. Yeah, this is a crime scene, definitely. Now, what was the explanation from the family members? Um, nothing. They didn't know. The, the, so the family, I'll just tell you right off the bat here, the family is extremely suspicious of Becca and is like, um, she did something or had something done to our dad, our grandpa. Yeah, I was going to say, what was mm-hmm. Becca's mm-hmm. explanation of this? She, she was at work all day. She arrived home and this is, this is and then what she within found. an hour. Uh-huh. So she said, she acknowledged finding the blood. Well, it was that cop, that retired police officer. That found that she, it. That is a neighbor that she called over. Hey, I can't find Michael. Yep, he found it. Mm-hmm. Was she the, like, like, I, I'm just trying to figure out the context of like. That part, I don't know. Gotcha. It is from the blood, like the analysis of the blood splatter. Investigators do believe that he was more than likely hit with with that rod. Okay. Like from more than likely from behind somewhere on the head and then drug or carried, taken Aww. away or ran away on his own, dripping leaving the trail of blood behind. Oh my goodness. I'm just, I have so many questions already. I'm like, why would someone, like, why? Right, he's Papa. He's Papa. He's he sounds like a great person. We'll get to some maybe Theories? Yeah, okay. we'll get to some theories. So March 18th, now the family right away is, you know, they're on Facebook. They're asking people to, to get this story out there, like help us find our grandpa, help us find our father, um, leave. It's a small community. So um, one of his granddaughters urged people to leave their porch lights on on Friday nights for Papa. Oh, Yeah. Search dogs on March 18th, 2017. Search dogs did pick up on a scent and led the sheriffs to a new area that they hadn't like searched before. 
And this was on Deer Lane and FM 2101. So it's about 500 yards from their home. But then the dog lost the scent. So they're like, that's interesting that he was picked up 500 yards from his house. On March 20th, 2017, he went missing March 10th. So 10 days later, Becca changed the family's cell phone plan. She removed Justin, their son, and disconnected Michael's service. Ten days after he went missing, she claims that she was starting to struggle financially, but this was ten days after his disappearance. He hasn't even missed a retirement check yet. Wow. At this point in time. She's just like, oh, well, he's gone. Dropping the son and dropping Michael from the phone plan, which is weird because usually you can't, well... Well, she disconnected his service. Usually you have to show, well, they were on the same plan. Never mind. I'll cut myself off saying that. Never never mind. No, um, was the son just his or was it both of their son, Justin? They adopted two boys. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So yep. it was their adopted child. Mm-hmm. So March 22nd, 2017, there was another search that revealed nothing. April 8th, 2017, a fourth search turns up nothing. April 20th. So a little over, it's about six weeks after he's been missing, five to six weeks, Becca begins to file paperwork to have Papa temporarily declared dead. She does this so that she can sell his truck and other possessions to pay bills. Oh. The family now is starting to unravel. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. I didn't know you could temporarily declare someone dead. Well, at the time. Could I do that to myself to sell Just to something? get out of the yeah. debts and then be like, <laughs> like surprise, oh, I'm wait, alive. Hold on. <laughs> right. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. I'm back. Um, no, I just. Maybe. Okay. Like, I see where you're, I see where you're going mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. Even before, now this was unbeknownst to the family, because you've got to remember, the family, they're not at, they're not with Becca every day, right? Yeah. So there's things that are happening here that they're not aware of until the investigation reveals things, and it's like a hindsight situation, okay? But sometime prior to April 20th, when she had applied to have him declared you know, temporarily deceased. She actually sold one of his like prized classic Ford Mustangs. This is remember so he, suspicious. He sold or he um, refurbished classic cars and whatnot. So they don't even really know that he's gone. Like he's still missing. Correct. She's just selling all of his stuff. Not only that, but the red the red Ford Mustang that she sold, it was fully restored and. He had actually bought it at a car show for Becca as a gift. Oh my gosh! So you're talking five weeks after your husband is gone, and you and, and you you don't know that he's missing, right? You don't know. you don't know where he's at or what's going on? But you sell a prize gift, like a really awesome, a meaningful gift. gift that he gave you. Yeah. Yep. Then she sold another one of his vehicles, um, a Dodge truck. And all in the name of saying that the payments were too high. And from that moment, then she just continues to get rid of the rest of his car collection, including the cars that he was in the process of restoring. So, like, talk about he's never coming back. 
Oh my god! I'm just gonna go ahead and sell all this off. It's been six weeks, five weeks, whatever. So May 2017, members of the Chamber family were subjected to a polygraph test. Test. Becca wasn't able to complete her testing due to prescription meds that she was taking on the same day. She did take one in June, and is and this is when investigators and social media learn from the family that she had multiple affairs during her marriage that was revealed during the polygraph test. She claims that Michael knew of the affairs but had never confronted her about them. Heard that before. Right. How much have we heard? Oh no, they knew about the affairs. They were okay with it. Quack, they didn't seem quack, to have knew. a problem. Quack quack, quack, quack knew knew about the affairs That's so too. True. And he was fine with it. And right. look what happened. See a previous episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know the number offhand. Quack, but... Quack's Revenge. Mm-hmm. That was the title. Yes. Yeah. Every time. They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, he knew, knew he was fine with it. They knew of the affairs. We didn't have an open marriage. But he it, knew. I was having affairs. But he knew. And it was fine. He didn't confront me. Right. Because I'm sure that a man like Michael Chambers, a retired fireman, upstanding member of the community was just gonna be okay with his wife sleeping with multiple (laughs) men yes sure was how old was becca oh around the same age oh okay just curious yeah i don't curious i i don't think i made note of it specifically but they were married in 1980 i mean she's not a spring chicken (laughs) so in it wasn't until july 2017 that Michael's family learns that Ma- that Becca had Michael legally declared dead months prior. It wasn't just the temporary. It really was legally declared. Now, Texas law states a person must be missing for a period of seven years before they can be declared dead and a death certificate can be released. So Becca had submitted a proof of death to the judge to get the declaration. So they're like, hold on. How did she get him declared dead when the law... They don't even know where he's at. Like, they haven't found him. The law literally... And this is still an investigation. And the law says you have to be missing for seven years. What proof did she submit to the judge to get get this? Right. Also, like, who's not finding this suspicious? Like... Right. Well, and it's months later. I mean, it was in July that the family's like, wait, she did what? Also, strangely, Michael Chambers' daughter received a Facebook message from someone claiming that a friend told him where the body was located. And he told her more than one person killed him and that Becca was involved. He gave her an address of the location. Wow, what a cryptic, like, eerie message. Well, and police said that they're skeptical about the information because the person that it came from was a felon. Okay, um, so that's exactly the type of person that would know that all this the more stuff is reason going to down. believe, right? <laughs> like, right, but they're like, no, we're not gonna. This isn't credible because he's a if felon. It's Barb, two blocks down. Yep, like it's totally fine. Yeah, I, I mean, who doesn't know anything about living on the street? Right, but uh huh. Yep, sure, sure. So they did search the area, but not immediately after the info came to light. And so nothing was found. So, of course, Michael's family is like, hey, had you searched the area when we gave you the information, maybe the people responsible wouldn't have had time to, I don't know, move him. 
Right. Right. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm so angry for this family. Oh my gosh, I, I just I'm feel so, so angry bad for them. already. I'm also sitting here like, who processed this paperwork declaring him dead? Not thinking this is freaking dispi- suspicious. Right. Right. Dispicious. Dispicious. It is <laughs> like, very dispicious. Like who's processing this? Thinking like, oh, no problems here. I know. I I know. There's a this lot. This man's of- missing. Sure. Here you go. N- hence why I'm covering the case. Yes. I, my fe- my feathers are ruffling. You know, one of our Patreons had commented how they like it when you get me riled up because I'm like an angry little chipmunk. Mm. I do like riling you up, I'm too. I'm an angry old bird over you here. You kind of remind me of just this, yeah, you're like a cute little dove that just all of a sudden just gets Puffing all- Puffing the <laughs> chest out. Like, yes. Yeah. Mm. I'm, a, I'm upset. You're chirping, for sure. I am. So, in October 2017, a cell phone expert was brought in to track Michael's exact route on the day that he disappeared. And it was mapped out, but it was discovered that he had left the house and driven down uh, downtown via the Lake. Ooh, sorry, guys, if you're from there. The Lake Tawakani Bridge, which is 17 miles from him from his home. But the thing is, is that the cell phone... Through the cell phone data, and I am not sure how they discovered this, Amber, in cell phone data, but it is claiming that he was only going two to four miles an hour. And it's saying that at 2.30 the day that he went missing, March 10th, is when it pinged off from that Lake Tawakani Bridge. Okay? Interesting. And that he got there about 2.30, going two to four miles an hour. I'm not a cell phone expert, but I didn't know that they could track speed rate of speed. I mean, I know different apps can, but not tower pings, to my knowledge. I don't want to claim to be an expert on something that I'm not. But that one was strange to me. So then, of course, the investigators are like, okay, two to four miles an hour is a bicycle. That's the only way. And I will put a note in here that... um, One of the articles that I read actually said the reason that they're saying two to four miles an hour is because the sheriff's department has actually vacillated back and forth between it was two miles an hour and it was four miles an hour. And there's some people that don't believe the sheriff's department at all in this situation. So there's that as well. At this point in time, when the cell phone, this is October, the cell phone data information comes out, investigators go back all these months later and say... That Papa's bike is missing. So like now all of a sudden his bike is missing. It wasn't noticed that it was missing before. But now that this information has come out and we've decided that he traveled to the bridge 17 miles away from his house via bicycle. So he just got home from Walmart and decided to take a a bleeding 20 mile bike bike ride. Bleeding profusely. A bleeding bike ride 17 miles at 70 years old. No, one of my friend's fathers does like the 300 track mile bike ride across Michigan and whatnot. And he's 70 something. Right, like not saying he but couldn't do no, it. No, right, right, right. But he's, this isn't something that Papa did daily. He is not so a biker. he's not a, a cyclist. No. Like, so a 17 mile bike ride would have been a stretch. No, for- exactly. And the thing is, so the investigator's like, okay. So he rode his bike to the bridge and committed suicide. I'm sorry, what? Yep. You heard me. Is that what they... Yeah. What? Yeah. No. His family are like, hell no. This, no. 
He did not cycle 17 miles to a bridge, Just jump off from suicide. it, and commit suicide. Like, that. that is not happening. That did not happen. Becca, of course, is like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? You're I'm so joking, serious. Right? I'm so serious. Ashton Kutcher is going to walk out and say punked, right? Like, no, that's not. Wouldn't that be amazing, though, if we did? It would. Like, Ashton. What's up, man? Yeah. Um. No, but even worse, even so much worse. If you see a picture of this bridge, Amber, um, if you jump off from it, you're gonna land on your feet and be okay. Oh my gosh! It is not a bridge that you can commit suicide. So it's like the deck that Tamla Hor- Horsford committed suicide for on. sure. Ex- actually, it's not off. even that high. Or, it's like four feet above the water. Well, I, I there is a picture. Let me. Oh, I think I have it. Oh, I do. Yeah, look, this kayaker going under this bridge has to duck. Oh my! No, stop! It is like Tamla Horsford. Yeah, yeah. this is the bridge falling that he, off the quote, balcony. Yep, that he quote committed suicide from. No, yeah, and then they just never found his body. Right, right from that. Right, right, right. right. No, stop it right I now. I know. I, this fuckery. Is this still you. like what's determined yes. that it was a suicide? So they're not investigating it anymore? Uh, they are. I mean, it is still open, but this is, they're like, yep. But they're this like, is, oh, it was suicide. This is where we're at. Yep. No, this is where we're it. at. Can we join the team, please? Like, <laughs> Sign us up. I'll send a resume. Sign us up. Becca says that when she arrived home, the house was locked. All the lights were off. Uh, Papa's workshop was locked. All the lights were off in that. His truck was locked. The keys were inside the workshop. So his truck keys were locked inside the workshop. And he usually locks the house up when he's working in the workshop, but does not lock the workshop when he's working in it. Right? Like, why? You wouldn't think so. His wallet and keys were found in the workshop. But to this day, his ID still hasn't been found. He always takes his hat off when he's working in in the shed and places it in the same spot every time. His hat was not in its routine spot. The items that Papa purchased from the store were sitting on the restroom counter, so on the bathroom counter, and the receipt was in the trash. So he did get home from Walmart. No fingerprints in the home or the workshop were found other than Papa's. The seat in Papa's truck, now this really infuriates the family and I get it. The seat in in his truck was pushed up as if a shorter person was driving it. Now, this information was actually noticed by his granddaughter, and when she brought it to the sheriff's attention, they said, oh, we actually didn't make note of where it was at. That was probably just scooted up by one of our investigators searching the truck. Okay, so the investigator that needs to search the truck didn't make note of exactly where the position that the seat was in. Are you kidding me? Maybe that's why they think he committed suicide off of a 10-foot bridge. Not even 10-foot. Same guy. It was the same guy Uh doing this. Yep, exactly. The family also knows about him and wants the public to know that he always kept his phone charged. His phone never ran low on battery. So the fact that his cell phone is missing and never pinged after that bridge is concerning. For sure. Becca moved out of the home that she shared with her husband really quickly. She attempted to put it up for sale soon after his disappearance, but his daughter was actually able to stop the sale of the home. And uh, that was only temporary, though. They did eventually have to 
you know, sell it. And she did. She sold it and she benefited from the money, this the real estate family. money. This poor family. On June 27th, 2017, at a friend's home, Becca told people that Michael was, quote, not coming back. So how does she How did know she know? That? Did she help search or anything? It's funny that you say that. I was just going was to get next? to this. Okay. She has not spoken with the media or helped in any searches for her husband. To me, that is just the biggest red flag ever. Like that says it. Literally all the cases not... we've done. It's yes. been like yep. the, the one that's, uh, well, I don't want to incriminate, but typically when we see that lack of motivation, it's suspicious. I'll just say that. Yes. And quite frankly, just as a human being, Amber, like, I don't know all my neighbors, but if one of them went missing and there was cert- different search help. parties, I would be out there trying to help. And that's someone I don't know. So certainly for my husband, if I legitimately don't know what happened to him. Yeah, you're going to be searching I should everywhere. be searching the most. Absolutely. Michael's family did hire private investigators, Jane James Holmes. Oh my gosh, that's such a perfect. Sorry, it's not James. Her name is Jane. Jane Holmes. Jane Holmes. Still. And it's super hard Holmes. to say for some reason when I'm reading it, but Jane Holmes, I know, right? P.I. Perfect. And Philip Klein. Now, they do not believe that Michael killed himself. Thank and you. they do feel that Becca knows more than she's letting on. Upon Michael's death, she was the sole beneficiary beneficiary of his estate and more than $750,000 pension. So there's motive, Seriously, and we've seen this motive so many times. Absolutely, yep. There was a press release done by the private investigators that um, that was released, obviously. That's why it's called a press release. Hello. The press release was released. It was. It was. <laughs> and I'm going to quote it. It said, quote, over 15 months ago, our firm was asked by a family member to investigate the disappearance of Michael Chambers. We were asked to perform an independent investigation by our team of investigators from all around the United States as another set of eyes and ears outside of law enforcement. Today, our client has asked us to give a public update on the case. Initially, it had been suggested that Michael Chambers had, one, walked away from wife, life and family. So, okay, he cut himself in the workshop and then just walked away from, t- took that like, moment it. to just walk away. Or two, had voluntarily traveled to another area and committed suicide. After interviewing more than 100 witnesses, friends, families, neighbors, timeline witnesses, and many acquaintances, as well as obtaining a volume of, pieces of evidence. The investigative team has ruled out a walk away or a suicide. Investigators are focused on this case as a death, most likely a homicide. We do not make this move lightly. We make it based on the facts as we know them. As you may have seen in the past five days, our team was in the area conducting extensive ground searches as well as multi-interviews. We flew in our cadaver dog team and searched particular areas of interest, including Mr. Chambers' former residence. We can announce that the dog did, in fact, make a positive hit for human cadaver scent on the Mr. Chambers' former property, meaning the dog did find the scent of possible deceased human. We believe the remains have been moved from that area. 
Furthermore, as you may have seen in social media, we have asked that any person who may have a relationship with Mr. Chambers' wife, Becca Chambers, to please contact our office. In other words, if you've been bumping uglies with Becca, right, we'd like to talk to you. We know of alleged and admitted relationships. However, we want to give the opportunity for you to come forward before we come to you for an interview. After the first of the year, we will be coming to you if you have not contacted us. I love it. Me too. We will keep your name anonymous, which I'd be like, I would have added, we'll keep your name anonymous if you come to us. Yeah. If we come to you, we're publicizing that (laughs) shit. Yes. As well, we have learned that Mr. Chambers' Dodge pickup truck was sold to a friend of Becca Chambers in Greenville, Texas. The new owner refused to cooperate with investigators in allowing the dog to search the truck for human remain scent. We are disheartened disheartened by their decision and publicly ask them to reconsider. Yeah, so the truck that was immediately sold probably could have transported his body. And remember what that tip from the, quote, felon that the sheriff's department didn't think had any stock in it. Uh-huh. Um, remember they said... There were mo- it was more than one person that killed him, and Becca was in on it. So, yeah, it's weird that she sold that truck right away, right? Uh, and now the person that she sold it to was a friend and won't let investigators just have the dog sniff around for a cadaver scent? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We urge the public in Hunt County that if you know something, say something. Furthermore, we urge landowners within a three-mile radius of the former home of Mr. Chambers to check on to check your ditches, check your fields, and check your water water system um, holding ponds for human remains. Yeah. This is so sad, and it's so suspicious, and it makes me so mad that right, it's yep unsolved. Now, the Hunt County Sheriff's Office and Sheriff Meeks, he was like the you know the sheriff running the case. Frown upon Klein investigations being involved in the case. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Meeks did an interview to clear up some concerns that the public and the family have regarding Meeks' suicide theory. And it's actually quite revealing. Meeks is in a position of power, and after watching the first five minutes, it's apparent that he doesn't understand how freedom of speech works. He sees a negative comment on a Facebook post and wants to delete it immediately or wants it deleted immediately. A little controlling, are we? Uh Uh-huh. He assumes anyone that doesn't agree with him or his department's handling of the case is anti-law enforcement. Oh, Lord. And this is this is actually a quote from Crime Watch Daily. He is a joke. End quote. Yes. Okay. Yep. So he doesn't like anybody criticizing his... uh questionable job no yes which you know who does when you're doing a shitty job who wants it called out right right and that is true let's go over some of the theories here now early on in the case it was like really thought at the very beginning that he had hurt himself in the shed and wandered away confused which would explain the blood drops but for miles and miles he hasn't been found so like obviously we can rule that one out um, it's really not a burglary gone wrong. Nothing of value was taken except for a little bit of cash in his ID, like, and cell phone. I mean, so there was a lot more. I mean, think about those classic cars. Oh, for so sure. So much more in that between the house and the shed that was valuable that was not taken. Did Michael upset someone enough that led to an abduction? Papa? Thing, well, do abductors let you take your cell phone with you? 
Right. They never found his cell phone. And just no one that knows this guy, knew this guy anywhere, believes that he would just walk away from his life. And furthermore, with what money? Like, their cash wasn't withdrawn. What, he just walked away from from his $750,000 pension? Like, he just was like, I'm done. Yeah. Like, it's been a good 70 years. Now I'm going to go live like D. in the Caribbean. He's with D. He's with D. Warner. Yes. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's what she... each of the spouses yeah. want you to believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. The family believes that Michael's death was planned out. Someone who knew his daily routine. I do have to, you know, side with this. I, I think so, too. He locks the doors to his home when he's in the workshop, and he locks the workshop when it's not in use. You know, the family has the questions of, did he even make it home from Walmart? Or was he pulled over by the perp, which would explain why his ID is missing? Was he overpowered and taken somewhere to be murdered? Then had his truck dropped off at home, the Walmart purchases taken inside, you know, the receipt thrown in the trash, had it all set up, and then the doors locked. Was the crime scene staged with drops of his own blood, then keys and wallet left behind before locking up? So those droplets of blood played a huge role in Becca's ability to have him proven dead to get that death certificate. That's why the judge ordered it. So it's because of that amount of blood that was found and him being missing. Mm -hmm. Being staged possibly. Yes. Yep. You know, he disappeared March 10th. She files the papers to have him declared dead April 20th. Like, that, that is quick. Seriously. The certificate of death was granted June 7th, but the date of death was listed as May 26th, which is just one day before Michael's 70th half birthday, which is the timing that ties in completely with his pension payouts. This is awful. Yeah. Like, I've never heard of someone being declared dead so quickly that you don't have a body because because of the drops of blood which as we have established is more than just drops of blood it's a significant amount of blood most definitely that is different than other cases but the timing of all this is extremely suspicious oh very with his pension i mean we've seen it time and time again that people get murdered for their life insurance their pensions all that stuff like so many (laughs) so many times so thing is that, that I have kind of seen people posting about and had um, kind of marinated on a little bit. It's like, you know, it's a small town. Like, who could have pulled Michael over that he didn't know? He was a firefighter, so he would have known. I personally kind of believe this is this is just me spitballing. Don't at me about it. I'm not making any accusations. But it wouldn't be a far stretch of the imagination to me is if – it was someone that he knew and was familiar with and that was familiar with him. And it was possibly set up by somebody else that could benefit financially and maybe split. If they're not having an affair, then maybe even do a deal to split some of that financial gain. Just a saying. I'm not yeah, saying, but I'm right. saying. Um, that is so, so sad. This is so sad to me. Um <laughs> It screams suspicious. Absolutely. And I just, it ma- it makes you wonder, like, why is the sheriff's department so quick to say that it was a suicide? Was she having an affair with somebody from the sheriff's department? We don't know that. I don't know. That has been spitballed as well. But this is extremely, his body has never been found. If you know information 
if you like the like the private investigators said, if you know something you're from that area, say something because this is there is a oh, the, entire the family, family out there. Yep. So sad. Needs, needs closure, but I just I don't understand where we get off ruling things as suicide that makes zero it's sense. Insulting to it the is family. a shallow river. It's first so, of all, like so shallow. I I don't. I mean, you could fall off of there and probably be fine. Absolutely. Like, yes. I have fallen off of higher. I'm kidding. I really haven't. But but maybe people have. I, I don't know. I just feel like it's insulting to the family. It is. To not. I, it to feels. To be like, oh, the, it was suicide. It feels like cover up. I don't know. It smells bad. It smells just really bad. Overall just stinks. Yes. Most definitely. Very pungent odor. So if you, if you guys know something, you're from that area, say something. Come forward. Help this family have closure. For sure. Do you have me a brain bath? I have a, a brain bath that I recently stumbled across that I picked just for you because do you remember a few years ago when I made a lovely slideshow for Gio, I your do. dog, to make yes, him, it was mayor. his campaign to Gio. run him for mayor. Yes, I do remember I still that. maintain that Gio would make a better mayor than I most agree. mayors our that, town has had. I agree. Mm-hmm. He would be a really good candidate. And he looks so cute in a bow. <gasps> yes. Very bow regal. Tie, uh, so regal. Yes. He has a real power bow tie look. You know, he does. He is very, he's a snooty dog. And, yes, he and is. And he does have. I think for our Patreons, I should find that video and post it for our Patreons so that they know the campaign ad I was running. He did get a new bow. Oh. I'm showing Charnel. It's precious. Isn't it? Milo looks like he has no business (laughs) wearing a bow. I'm not, I'm just going to say I love Milo in a bow because he is. He he is a, I call him my trash panda. He He Rightfully so, because he looks like he possibly found it on the street. Didn't know how to put it on, and he's sporting. Yep, Geo is very classy and snooty. And yeah. Shih Tzu's, I have two Shih Tzu's for those that view that don't know, and they're known to be snooty. But Milo is just he's he's like Ed from The Lion King. He's like the yes, he's just a little. He is Ed. He's yeah. a special guy. <laughs> Milo is Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Or, excuse me. Geo. Uh, Geo yes, is Geo. Sheldon from Big Bang Theory, and Milo is 100% Ed yeah. from... They're so opposite. Yes, absolutely. So, apparently, though, we're not the first in Michigan. Well, and I know, I think the other towns have done this, too, but there is a town in Michigan, Amber, that actually had their cat, a cat, <gasps> as mayor. No. Yep, this is from no, the- but yes, I love this, and I love that it's Hell, Michigan. Of course, too. By That's the way, great black cat named Jinx declared mayor of town called Hell, and I <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. I can't, and I have to show you Jinx. Let me see. Oh God, <laughs> Jinx is on, on crack. <laughs> Jinx has seen some shit. Okay. <laughs> I can't. Um, I'm expecting like something like Geo, like like a classy cat. This cat, no, this cat was taken from a dumpster, unfortunately, yes. and I think possibly Strung rescued. Out on meth, yep. and yep. not clean yet. Oh my god! Yep. The article, the article says, if money is the root of all evil, then the cat who paid to be the mayor of hell is surely up to no good. Jinx, a cat influencer known for her 
her bulging eyes and wobbly uh, gait. Yeah. <laughs> the eyes are terrifying. I guess she has a wobbly gait, too. <laughs> um, Sa- she, same girl, same. Right, right. She assumed office after paying the unincorporated town in Michigan just $100 for the title. A ploy that has earned hell... <laughs> hell... <laughs> Uh-huh. Funny writers. <laughs> a ploy that has earned hellacious headlines in the past. Yeah, good. It's good. I like it. The big-eyed, fat-footed feline whose name is Jinx. Sp- Jinx Sploke. Whose name, her full name, is Jinx Spluinky Scoot. <laughs> <laughs> That's just great. She has an Instagram following of 414,000 and rising. Wow. People. Nice. And she's the overlord of hell, Michigan. (laughs) I do prefer overlord. Me too. Rather than mayor. Yep. Mayor of hell, Michigan today, mayor of our hearts forever, wrote the fleeting mayor's human minion Mia on on Instagram. So Mia found herself at the mercy of Jinx hypnotizing gaze in 2018. She had big eyes, and as she grew bigger, her eyes didn't get smaller. No. Uh Uh-uh. And I also noticed that she had big feet. She doesn't have a condition, and the vet says she's healthy. Are you sure? <laughs> Is there Can a credentialed vet? <laughs> yeah, Mia? we need a second opinion, please. <laughs> she just has birth defects. She also not as agile as most cats and is a little clumsy. I Same. I get it. Yes. She only learned how to land on her feet a year ago, she oh. explained. Also... How do you know that? You weren't throwing her places, right? Like, I hope not. <laughs> Jinx's campaign began when Mia asked social media how her fascinating feline friend might become more infamous. I made a joke on Twitter saying, imagine Jinx will run for president. I had also seen animal mayors before, and I sent a tweet out asking how to make Jinx a mayor. And someone mentioned Michigan and that you could pay to be the mayor of hell for a day. Oh. So that's what she did. She I paid love it. for Jinxy to be a mayor for a day. Jinx eyes are going to haunt my dreams. Jinx eyes are Terrifying. Did you notice that her little, just a little bit of her tongue was sticking out too? You know, I was so taken aback by the eyes. I did not. Oh, yeah, there it is. There, there Dear it God. Is. Just a little bit of her tongue hanging out. Oh, you're going to have to post so people yeah, know let me what we're dealing this with. right now so that y'all can she, truly she's got understand. A lot going on. Yes, <laughs> that is for sure. I'm, I had to question if I had maybe taken um, acid or something. I, like, did I do drugs and right. didn't know it? What happened? Did Charnel lace yes. this water that she gave me? For uh-huh. sure. I was like, oh, am I tripping? Because her eyes are To be honest, horrifying. it actually almost looks Photoshopped, but it's real. And I, I looked on Instagram. You can follow Jinx on Instagram. I'm and have to look her up. Yeah, there's all kinds of photos of her. I mean, I think she really is just she's precious. precious. She is precious. She is. But she was mayor she's, of she's Hell, not, Michigan. I'm not going to be hanging out with her at night, but she is precious. No, I want to see her in full lighting only. Yes. But, yep. Yep. A public area. Yes. With witnesses. So she cannot steal my soul. Yes. Yes. But other than that, she's delightful. Great. So, so adorable. Yes. Yes. Oh, gosh. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Keep it curious. Join our Patreon, CrimeCuriousPatreon.com, if you'd like more of us. It helps keep us on the air. And um, send case suggestions, CrimeCurious yeah. at Yahoo.com. And until next week, everyone, bye-bye. Bye.